Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke it if you've got it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. And this is Collateral Gaming. Objection! Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And welcome to our Game Launch Edition review of the Apollo Justice Ace Tourney Trilogy. Bo, I've been so excited for this since it's been announced. How about you? Oh, man. I, I've been so ready to get like right into this trilogy. And, uh, I mean, I have some things to say about it. It is quite an interesting uh, playthrough, especially the first game. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy is the uh, second trilogy of games in the series. It's uh, games four, five, and six of the Ace Attorney series. Uh, so this is a direct continuation of the trilogy. These six games currently make up the mainline series. Um, and yeah, it, it was kind of interesting that they ended up packaging these three games games together in the first place but honestly i kind of figured that they would um these three games being apollo justice ace attorney phoenix Wright, ace attorney dual destinies and phoenix Wright, ace attorney spirit of justice so how come it's called the apollo justice trilogy is that just uh you know for general purposes or well I actually had some thoughts about this because long before this game was announced, I figured that they should do this trilogy of games. And Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy is exactly what I would have called it because despite the fact that Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies, and Spirit of Justice are technically Phoenix Wright games, they do kind of conclude a story arc for Apollo in a lot of ways. Um, Spirit of Justice even more so. So Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice, in fact, both add on specific uh, aspects of Apollo's backstory. Uh, in fact, I think that, that that's actually one of the criticisms is that like every game has got to add like a new part of Apollo's backstory and then it feels like they're just like retconning it. But um, I, I do feel that his story arc is concluded by the end of Spirit of Justice. Uh, and, and it really makes sense. So even though he's less of a focus in the other two games, um, they, they, they do sort of tell his story in a lot of ways because Phoenix has already gone through his character arc in the Phoenix Wright trilogy. 
uh, and he really more stands in a mentor role in these games. And it's really interesting to see Phoenix kind of take that senior role. You know, it, it's what kind of makes these games, uh, I would say, slightly more relatable to me, you know, especially being, you know, the oldest one in, in on, on the podcast and everything. You know, it, it, it's like I, I, I kind of feel where he's at there, you know, especially in the first Apollo Justice game. I mean, yeah, he's been out of the game for a while, but, you know, he hasn't lost his edge, nor has he uh, necessarily lost his con- the, the contacts that he had, you know. I right. mean, he's, he's still, I mean, even, even by the end of that uh, of that particular game, you know, he's even taking a uh, more uh, hands-on role in the final case and everything, so... Yeah, definitely. And we see him even start to actually take an even more active role as he returns to being the main protagonist of the next two games. But um, they sort of split the cases so that Phoenix, Apollo, and Athena, the new character in that game, all all have, you know, at least uh, a case or two that, that, that they take the lead on. But Phoenix is definitely kind of the central focus in those games. But then Apollo sort of is too in a few ways. But... Yeah, I agree with you on Phoenix being uh, a little bit more relatable in a different sense for me. It's the fact that he's a dad in this game, so that's something that I can relate to. Well, that's another thing that, I mean, where it relates to me is that it kind of reminds me of my brother and, uh, you know, his, you know, Phoenix's relationship with Trucy, you know, reminds me of my, uh, my brother and my niece who are actually kind of close to, uh, Phoenix's Phoenix and Trucy's age in this game, so respectively, so you know, kind of, kind of made me thought think of that a little bit, you know. And, yeah, it's, it's kind and, of funny. I, in uh, Apollo Justice, I think they they make a few references to the fact that Phoenix seems a little bit young to be her dad, and I'm like, is he that young though? I mean, he's like 33 and she's 15. Not, that's not that's not, not that's not too unheard of these days. Yeah. You know? I'm like, that's what you have an issue with. But we, the audience, should take an issue with it because if Phoenix had a kid that young, we would have known about it. Because yeah, see, that's what I was. That's yeah. what I was initially thinking is like, well, wait a second, thirty three. It's like, and Trucy's fifteen. It's like he would have to have been like twenty six, twenty seven when he when he had her or something like that, you know, or even younger, like twenty two. Like he, he, that would have had to been like him and Iris's kid or something like that. I mean, he would have had to have her at eighteen. Actually, that's the thing. At eighteen, so, even younger. So, yeah. so, so that would have had to been Dahlia's kid. <laughs> so it's possible, but it's not something that we. Yeah, Dahlia. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, it conflicts with what we know about Phoenix because he's twenty four, I believe, in the first Ace Attorney game, and we see him as young yeah. as twenty one in that case with Dahlia. So, you know, it's starting to set a few red flags and they don't fully answer the question until the last case, which is interesting. But um, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because Double Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice do um, and, and they're standalone games. But she's actually his adoptive daughter. But the circumstances regarding, you know, how that comes into play uh, are, uh, you know, they unfold through the narrative. And, and we're going to keep this review mostly spoiler free. So I want... Again, I won't fully go into it, but I love the dynamic between Phoenix and Trucy. Honestly, I feel like it's a little underutilized in this trilogy. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, and 
I mean, Tr- Trucy is just a, kind of a little bit of a breath of fresh air when it comes to Apollo Justice and whatnot, you know? I mean, she, she kind of fulfills the Maya role here, yes. you know, or, or when, when it comes to, uh, or, or, or even uh, Emma's one-time uh, role in that, in that respect. But, I mean, also when, when you actually find out the real connection that she has to these characters, I mean, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now the, this, this particular relationship makes even more sense. You know, you know by the way, that little bombshell that they drop at the very end uh, after the credits in uh, Apollo Justice, right? With the spe- the specific relationship between Trucy and Apollo, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's never touched on again. Um, as, as well as the identity of their mother. Like, they just... They're like, okay, we'll tell them later at some point. And then, like, they just never... That's that's disappointing because that was a very compelling uh, 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 story arc. Honestly, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and then then, and then when you, whenever you first start to realize, uh, you know what's going on there, you're just like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and, it's uh, actually really cool. It, it, yeah, it's disappointing that they didn't uh, elaborate on that any further. Yeah, you know? that. And and Trucy in a lot of ways gets shafted in the next two games. I mean, she's a part of them, but never as the defense assistant and never in as big of a role. Uh, she is uh, the defendant in one of Spirit of Justice's cases. Oh wow! No kidding. <laughs> but in an, uh, in a in a uh, magic trick gone wrong, basically kind of oh, scenario. Oh, that's right. That's right. But you have to prove that uh, she actually didn't uh, make it. Make him like it wasn't an actual accident, but. It was like a, a setup, but we'll we'll get into oh, that okay. later when we get into Spirit of Justice. But yeah, Trucy is a great character. Um, like you said, I mean, she serves in the role that Maya did in the original trilogy and Emma and Rise from the Ashes. Uh, speaking of Emma, she returns in this game, uh, which is interesting because Rise from the Ashes was a, a case that was exclusive to the DS version and the international version of uh, Ace Attorney. The first. Now let game. me tell you. Let me tell you, man, my girl Emma, damn, I, I feel her cynicism, man. I feel <laughs> it. It's like, I mean, we, there's, a, there's a certain age where you just kind of, that just kind of becomes comes natural to you. Even if you are a, pers- a very positive person, at some age you start to get a little cynical, especially if it, if it pertains to your job and whatnot. And she is just like, I don't know, she's semi-checked out almost. To tell the truth, you know, much, 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 much. Anytime she gets those snackoos going, yeah. Anytime she gets those munch, munch, those uh, snackoos going, like she's just checked out. So, uh, would would you believe me if I say she's in a better place when she comes back in Spirit of Justice? (laughs) I would, I would believe that. Yes, I would hope so. She, 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 she is. She's in a much better place in that game. But, um, yeah, I love this version of Emma in Apollo Justice. She's just. Like you said, very cynical, um, always uh, stress eating, and yeah, <laughs> Emma's great. And just kind of seeing this character Man, her, her, grow, her teeth have to be her teeth have to be jacked up after stress eating all those snackoos. Man, like I mean, let me, let me. They're they're like uh, sweet chocolate snacks, right? That's what they appear to be. That that's what I assume. Yeah. So so man, she must be destroying her teeth, or I mean, or I hope that she's like flossing and brushing every fucking night. You know. Right? Because, <laughs> goddamn. For real. 
But yeah, so Emma comes back. Uh, she also appeared in uh, Investigations One, which was which was fun. But she's she's just such a great character, and uh, she's definitely a much more competent detective than Gumshoe. <laughs> oh, very much so. You know, Gum Gumshoe is just kind of so lovably head up his ass in a way. You know, you know what I mean. It, lovably so. But Emma is actually kind of on top of things, you know, like especially when but like, like especially in the second case when, you know, her, her and Apollo are literally right there when the actual the catalyst for that one, the, the murder happens. So talk about turnabout serenade. Turnabout serenade. Yeah. Which which I, I really that's a third one, right? It's actually the third case. Was yeah. That, that which, is actually uh, the third case, man. She was she was she was great in the third case, honestly. No, no, she is. I agree, and that is also my personal favorite case for various reasons. Nice. You know? Okay, so your favorite case from the trilogy was Turnabout Big Top, which was one of the most hated. Turnabout Serenade is is a is a big competitor for most hated Ace Attorney case of all time. I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, it, it, it once again, I guess it goes back to having a, a background in in you know creative stuff you know like audio engineering and music and whatnot like 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 clavier is, is, that that's my him and peace love and understanding like those are my people right there those two are my people i love clavier like straight up man he is such a great yeah clavier character. is is great it, what i love about him is that he never takes a fully like malicious stance against apollo and everything like he's actually very cordial with him you know? He is, and I, I was actually thinking about that. Out of all the prosecutors in the series, Clavier Gavin is the only one that's actually like amicable and like, you know what I mean. Well, besides Edgeworth in later cases, I should say, but yeah. you know, D dare I say he's a he's approachable even. You, you yeah. feel like you could actually talk to him. You do, you know, you do, and, it, and it's great. And he even has a connection to Phoenix, which you know you see by the end of the game, but. Uh, Turnabout Serenade is Gavin's case. It's the one that he's intimately involved because it was at his one of his concerts. And I gotta agree with you, Bo. I don't really understand the hate because I I don't even think that Turnabout Serenade is is necessarily one of the weaker cases of this game. Um, and like I definitely felt the same way that most people do about Turnabout Big Top for a few reasons. But there's a couple things I like about it, but. None of the criticisms of Turnabout Serenade to me really hold up. And maybe it's because, like you, I have a little bit of a, a background in, like, listening to the same things over and over and over again, you know? Exactly. It, it, it's an audio engineering thing, which actually comes into play in that game. I mean, I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but you do actually get to fuck around with a mixing board in, you, in that game. You do, and that was fun. I really enjoyed that. My one complaint, though? Is that that was not accurate? They didn't have a solo button on it. Like mo most all mixers, they have solo buttons on every channel. Well, that that would have been a lot easier than having to turn everything, turn your mix down, and uh, just to listen to one track. You know. Right. But right. That my that minor uh, complaint. I mean, I I love that element. You know, it it was right up my alley. I'm just like, oh, okay, I can actually use a little bit of my uh, listening skills for this. You know, right. Like I thought that that was actually kind of 
kind of fun. But I think what most people take issue with is the fact that you have to listen to the guitar serenade uh, and watch that clip over and over and over again. But the b- biggest thing with that for me was trying to really nail the melody of the lyrics t- down, you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm just kind of uh, like, guitar, guitar. <laughs> there, there's a part that really actually requires you to listen and figure out, you know, what what went wrong between the lyrics, the melody, and the various instruments. Exactly. And, and, and once again, that's another thing that, you know, being a, pro- a producer or an audio engineer, like you actually, I mean, you gain that skill. It's like you, you can tell if somebody uh, actually misses their cue. Like you can easily hear it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I could definitely understand that. Now, I don't have as, mu- as, as much of expertise in that area, but with podcast editing... I am used to listening to the same clips over and over and over again. So that particular aspect did not bother me. I also think that the trilogy version might have made a couple of improvements. I don't remember if the ability to skip to different parts of the song was available in the original version or not. But oh, that would have been inter- that would have been interminable, you know, because I mean in, in, in actual uh, mixing and everything and editing, like being able to scrub your uh, waveforms or being able to kind of uh, listen to everything kind of forward and backward and hone in on where, what's wrong, you know, like that's, that's integral to, uh, to editing and engineering there. So, I mean, not being able to, or even just to doing a quick, uh, just uh, go back to the beginning of the song or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, not having that ability, that that would that would be. Ugh. I I think I can kind of understand that a little bit. I can't quite recall. I I played the iOS port too, not the original DS version, mind you. But okay, okay. But um, yeah. But in, in any case, uh, that I didn't mind so much. You know, the whole the guitar serenade thing, um, and, and some aspects of it were actually really fun. I thought that the audio engineering parts were good. Uh, one of the complaints that I think I I, I do somewhat agree with though is that the People involved in that case that have a personal stake and should want the best for the defendant, Machi Tobaye, including Machi Tobaye himself, are you would think so not as helpful yeah, yeah, yeah. as they should be. <laughs> no, it, it feels like they're just going out of their way to just engage in subterfuge. You know, I mean, yes. at, at every stance, like, like even the Lamirar. You know, it's like you just kind of you're just like, dude. La Miroir. It's yeah. La Miroir, right? La Miroir. La Miroir. Okay. It, it, it seems French, but it's actually Borginian, but I think it's based on French. La Miroir. Yeah, the, it's the like fi- fictional country of Borginia, which also comes up in investigations. Yeah. At first, I thought it was Russian, but then I remember, no, in the first game, they actually have a Russian Borscht Bowl club. You know, it's <laughs> like they're, that's good. So Russia canonically exists in. Phoenix Wright. So yes, and also in the Great Ace Attorney uh, Chronicles, there are Russian characters. So yeah, yeah, and I, and I was like, I mean, maybe it's like some Eastern European country, maybe. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe French kind of, or, or or maybe French or uh, Bulgarian or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or Belgian even. Well, it, it also you know like there's also the whole geography of this universe because later we'll get into Kurain, which is some like nation that that is specifically for spirit channeling and like and it's like a part of that an- ancestry and the Kurain channeling technique which in the localized version of the games has origins in Japan 
you know, but it also connects to to Kurian, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like a uh, kind of an uh, analog to maybe like uh, Tibet or Nepal or something like that. Yeah. In a way. We'll talk about that later when we talk about Spirit of Justice, but yeah, um, yeah. Ap- Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney. Um, overall, it's not my favorite out of this bunch, but I actually kind of have a soft spot for Apollo Justice. When I was playing through this game uh, for the first time, I really actually vibed with it. Yeah, I, I feel what you mean. I, I, I really like a lot of these side characters, you know, like, I mean, uh, El Dune was pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, who else was there? Like, of course, uh, Le- Le Miroir was also really cool. Like, she was awesome as well. Yeah. Um, and, and the characters in, uh, Turnabout Succession, uh, Drew Misham and, and Vera Misham, uh, oh, yeah, they were very, interesting. Oh, poor, poor Vera. I felt so, so bad for her. I, I, that's another area I related is that I was fucking homeschooled, so... Not in as nearly as sheltered a way as she was, but it's like, I'm like, oh, poor dear girl, I, I feel your pain there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I could I could see that. Um, and then that is a very interesting... Now, Turnabout Succession, I actually want to talk about it, because as a final case, I felt that it was very underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it is is that there's that one computer investigation thing that kind of slows it to a crawl the mason system is my problem with this case because this case starts out okay go ahead as as soon as uh, i started on that section i I, and you you kind of told me that that was one of your problems i was like yeah i think i can kind of see what's what the problem is you know some unfortunate implications Unfortunate implications, and it does drag a little bit. It, it drags the, the, the pacing of the whole case down, you know? Especially after you just played through, you know, an integral part of that case. You know, very integral part of it. Uh, when, and when, then you're just kind of back to that. When you, know? you get to play seven years ago? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it, it just... I mean, you go from uh, something as intense as that to this multiple investigation it, it's it's it just it just breaks down the pacing even worse than most of the investi- actual investigation segments you know yeah and the mason systems is an investigation segment essentially but here here's my problem with it is that you actually have to it, it flips between seven years ago and the present but the problem is is that you have to actually time travel to progress forward so the mason system is actually not an actual like uh, an actual uh, representation of events. It's like the simulated version of events, which is used to uh, affect this trial and the implications of Phoenix using this system to basically, you know, get the jury to uh, acquit the defendant and and also and also his own name and and right when when you consider that. He's trying to clear his own name here, but he's showing them this like simulated version of events. I don't know. It's just weird, man. But I will, I will say at the very end of that case, when you uh, see the, uh, when you see that hand, it's like you're just like, oh, that was okay. cool. That was cool. That was I cool. Liked, I yeah. liked that part of it. And I'll tell you what, 
Turnabout Succession starts out strong, or I should say, like, once it once you really get get to see the bigger picture, it's strong. Like the the the, the case that's behind it is almost kind of forgettable. But once you realize the victim and the defendant's role in the events from seven years ago, that's when the case gets really good. And that flashback section is just perfection. That was just nostalgia at its best. Get, get, getting to see it Prime will. Phoenix Wright, Gumfuck. Oh, I miss Gum so I, I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited for that. I was like, Gumshoe! And they even play the music from the first Phoenix Wright game. And I was just like, I was just, I, I, I was so in love with it. And then the Mason system just it breaks it down for me. I'm just like, ah. I know. I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we have similar problems with that then. Yeah. But I, 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 I want to end my thoughts on uh, Apollo Justice, I guess, on a high note. Uh, Turnabout Trump is, may, may very well be the best tutorial case in the series, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you there, honestly. I mean, it, it especially uh, when, when it has a very classic kind of setup, you know, with a poker game that gone wrong and whatnot. Yeah, that was actually kind of fun. You, me, and Robert were, were playing that together, and we're, we're kind of like, I, I watched you guys try to figure it out, and you're like, oh, there's a fifth ace. Exactly. I mean, Robert pretty much figured that out immediately. He was just like, wait, there's four aces. There's a fifth ace in play here. Yeah, like, you guys yeah. figured that out quickly before it even really came up in the narrative. But it's like one of those things that you're watching out for already. Yeah, yeah. Th I mean, this is a game series that really, uh, where it really pays off to be as observant as you can. You know, like I mean, whenever a picture comes up that uh, is put into the court records, I mean, it, it always behooves you to uh, take a good close look at it. Take a uh, just take every. Uh, just, just, you know, just take every uh, look, every angle at it and just, you know, take it all in. And that's something that uh, uh, Apollo Justice actually added to the series and ha has a distinction. It and Rise from the Ashes are the only cases that allow, and the Great Ace Attorney games, are the cases that allow you to actually individually examine evidence and look at it from all angles. And, and that was something that they added because Apollo Justice was the first game that was actually developed for the BS so it really yeah. takes advantage of that. Also with the forensic techniques and whatnot uh, as you play through the game. But uh, going back to Turnabout Trump, uh, the, one of the best parts of it, I think, is the defendant. Because coming into it, I knew that we were going to see this older version of Phoenix that was Hobo Phoenix that had been disbarred and uh, seven years ago for presenting forged evidence. I knew that whole backstory going into it, but I didn't know that he would actually end up being the defendant of the first case. <laughs> yeah, that was very interesting. And, and, and also the circumstances of uh, how he got there, you know, and then how it just kind of loops back around in the end. It's, it, it was very interesting. And he's a very different Phoenix than we see in all of the other games. Uh, in the trilogy and even the games that come after it, uh, this version of Phoenix in particular is, is very, very interesting. He's, he's kind of mysterious, um, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little, little bit morally gray at times. You know, I think at one point he specifically states that, like, it's okay for me to, to present forged evidence because I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, you know. Yeah, and he, he got away with it to his, uh, to his uh, 
to his benefit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th- this version of Hobo Phoenix, you know, with the casual clothing and the, the five o'clock shadow, uh, I actually enjoy him quite a bit. And, and also, you know, we always knew that Phoenix was sardonic on the inside, but he never voiced that. Yeah. This is Phoenix just kind of not giving a fuck. And just voicing his thoughts at all times. And in some ways, he kind of just regresses to his older personality in the next two games. But we'll get into it because it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, definitely. But I, I love Phoenix as a defendant. Um, Turnabout Trump also holds the distinction of being, uh, I, I think, the only tutorial case where the culprit is not immediately obvious. Um, Turnabout uh, uh, Memories... From uh, Trials and Tribulations, that's the, the case where Phoenix is the defendant. That, I think, is the only other case where the culprit isn't just directly shown to you at the beginning of the case. But this one holds the distinction of being the only one where I think the culprit is not obvious, and there's actually kind of a twist. Yeah. D- yeah. <laughs> it's also very intimately in, you know, involved in the overall narrative, and that really comes into play once you get to turn about succession, right? The events that, that occur here and then also the culprit. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it leaves a lot of loose threads and including the motive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a different uh, take on uh, your diff- typical tutorial. Uh, although, I mean, I don't know if I would call it my own personal favorite, honestly, but I mean, it's 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 pretty good. I I think in this game, Turnabout Trump is is my favorite of, of of this game, which is interesting because it's a tutorial case and it's only just uh, two trial sections, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's a good case. It really sets up Apollo Justice in the best way possible. See, and the thing with Apollo Justice is Shu Takami didn't want to work on another Ace Attorney game. He felt that Phoenix's story was concluded with Trials and Tribulations. So eventually he was pressured into making another Ace Attorney game anyway by Capcom, but his original plan was not to include Phoenix or any characters from the original trilogy at all. Yeah, I think that it probably would have been a little bit of a stronger game had they done that, you know? But then we wouldn't have got that awesome that awesome relationship between Phoenix and Trucy. You know, we wouldn't have got that. We wouldn't have got the whole uh, just that mysterious uh, factor that Phoenix had throughout that game, you know. But, I mean, would it have worked like that? Yeah, probably. I, I, I think that I, I can see it working, like, w- without uh, all of the original characters and, and everything. It could because the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles exist, right? And then those games... Certainly, yeah. Those games, we, we actually see it on a whole entirely new cast. So we know that it could work, but ultimately I'm actually glad that Apollo Justice did include elements of the characters it does. Um, by the way, it's the only mainline game that doesn't have Edgeworth at all. Yeah, I noticed that. You know, that, that, that was interesting. Also, no Maya, even. Yeah, Maya, she doesn't actually come back until Spirit of Justice. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we don't see Maya or, or, do, or, or Pearl, even. Yeah, we don't see any of the, the, the we don't see any of the phase involved in any of these uh, cases in this game. But the fucking doctor, the 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 creepy patient <laughs> that's pretending to be a doctor made it in. Why oh, him of all people? The, that <laughs> that fucking guy. Yeah. Oh yes. It's like keep him away from Trucy. 
much. Yes, and I'm surprised that they kept that particular conversation in if you presented her. Like, I'm just like, oh, why him? I was like, no, no. <laughs> they could have brought back anybody, anybody. I know. It, it would have been great to see Francesca or something like Francesca, that, but they had to bring him. Gumshoe, Larry, anybody but him. God. Yeah, we didn't even get to see we didn't even get to see Larry this time, did we? Not not till Spirit of Justice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this game did, you know, per Takami's original concept, really focus on mostly an uh, uh an original cast with Emma from Rise from the Ashes returning, Phoenix kind of taking a background role. Um and uh that fucking doctor, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> To to be fair, Gumshoe is in the game. He's just in the flashback section. Yeah, and uh, thankfully his salary didn't get cut <laughs> again. I think his character arc actually ends with him um, getting uh, a, a salary increase in uh, investigations, too. Oh, that's good. Good for him. Good then. for him. Or so good I've heard. Good for Gumshoe. But... Um, yeah, uh, Apollo Justice overall, Bo. What What are your thoughts on 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 the uh, the first game of this trilogy, Apollo Justice: Ace Attorney? I think it's a very interesting and original take on the original uh, Phoenix Wright formula, and I, I there, there's plenty of likable characters here and very relatable characters. That I mean, it it kind of uh, spoke to me in a different way than the first Phoenix Wright trilogy, you know. It, I mean, especially, I mean, now that I'm a little older and everything, I mean, I, it, it, it was much more relatable with, like, Phoenix, you know? I mean, also, I could relate to, uh, I, I could relate to Vera a little bit. I could even relate to a Clavier, you know, as, as a, uh audio engineer and uh, someone with a music background. So, yeah, I mean, th- this was probably one of the best character-driven of, uh versions of this uh, formula and it's also uh, one of the better uh, story arcs in, in the series so I mean I can see the uh, I, I can see some of the uh, complaints though you know especially uh, near the end and everything and but otherwise I would play through it again easily you know I mean maybe even for a collateral let's play uh, episode you know yeah, yeah, I would love to do a Let's Play of Apollo Justice. And it's a, it's a very short game. It's only four cases. Feels like it could have been more, honestly. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, but but it, it's a good introduction. Uh, I, I think it's a solid entry. Uh, it rates lower for a lot of people, I think, because it just doesn't have as many of those just great, like, breakout cases. And its final case is a little underwhelming. But... Again, in, in my opinion, it has the best tutorial case in the series. Um, I don't think any of the cases are bad in this game. Uh, even its so-called weakest case, Turnabout Serenoid, I actually think is a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, and I enjoyed some of the uh, aspects that they added to the game, like the perceive mechanic, which we didn't really talk about, but just being able to like uh, focus in on tells of enemies, which which goes into that poker theme from the first case, right? But being able to, uh, to to look for tells in uh, witnesses, which is something I, I used to tr- kind of do in the trilogy, is while I was scrubbing through testimonies, I would look through uh, witnesses' animations and and see if like maybe that's the statement that you're supposed to present or uh, press on. 
based on yeah. like having different animations. Apollo Justice actually turned that into a real mechanic. Yeah, I, I really liked that as well, you know? I mean, it, especially it, it really made you kind of, you know, focus on every little detail and, and kind of hang off of every little word that, that they say, you know? Because you kind of have to in order to catch that one little tweak, that one little uh, nervous twitch, that one little uh, obvious tell that something's... Uh, that something's amiss with them, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I I I liked it, and uh, it was uh, it added a little, added a little more intensity to the uh, cross examinations. Plus, the theme that they play is just like a slowed down version of the cross examination theme, so it really it's not works. not not just not not even just slowed down. It's reversed. If you listen closely, it's actually oh, yeah. played in reverse. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, they actually continue to use that theme as Apollo's like perceived theme because the perceived mechanic returns in the next two games, but uh, as mainly an investigation mechanic, as it turns out. Uh, but it's basically like it's Apollo's equivalent of Phoenix's Magatama. And uh, yeah, the music at this game and, and all three of these games is, is continues to be incredible. Uh, Apollo Justice may very well have the best pursuit theme in the series. Oh, absolutely. I, I love the... Uh I love the soundtrack here, man. And, and uh, even before I played this game, you know, since I've uh, I listened to a lot of uh, YouTube mixes of uh, Apollo Justice and uh, Phoenix Wright and Great Ace Attorney music, I mean, I've, I've already uh, heard a lot of this stuff, you know. Like, I, I think this also has uh, the best investigation music as well. Like, oh, yeah. yeah Hong, you know. That that like that that that's a good little uh, good little driving beat. Like I, I'm just kind of like yeah, it's like let, let's investigate. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 seriously a uh, very underrated soundtrack. is also ready.
the seven seas Just a bunch of scallywags who are as free as free can be We swim through storms and waves all because you see Grand treasure and adventures waiting just for me a whole aesthetic to it and it's the last 2d game in the series after this uh and it's the one it kind of stands out in this trilogy as a result uh the series moved to 3d and i actually kind of enjoy at least for for the original games that that the the sprite work you know and 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 the 2d animations i i think that that they're kind of part of the charm of what made those games great. That being said, the transition to 3D that we see in Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice, and arguably Spirit of Justice, I think, does it a little bit better. Uh, I, I, did, I did feel does a really good job of emulating those animations in 3D. Yeah, it really made the characters a lot more expressive as well. And, and I, I think that it really just kind of livens the, the, livens the graphics up a little bit. Like, like they, even the way that they presented the uh, courtroom itself is different. It's not so much as still. It's actually a little 3D. Uh, it's a 3D court model that you kind of uh, uh, that you kind of rotate around a little bit. Yeah. You know. So, so yeah, the the, the the graphical upgrade I think was actually pretty spot on and actually really fitting. But also, what was really fitting was uh, adding the uh, anime cutscenes. It's like that was actually really different and really interesting as well. Yeah, I love the anime cutscenes. I really think that they add to it, uh, and I'm glad that they came back in Great Ace Attorney. Uh, I think Great Ace Attorney arguably actually belongs in 3D, and that series does it well. I may prefer the Phoenix Wright and Apollo Justice games in 2D, but I don't I don't uh, hate the 3D games, and I think that they, there's still quite a lot of value there. Uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, they did a good job of making it feel like the original games still, uh, even ha down to having, you know, kind of the choppy animations that just move from one frame to the next. And Yeah, uh, they, they, they still kind of kept that, you know. That, that, that was especially evident even in the uh, third, uh, the tutorial case of the third game with uh, Peace, Love, and Understanding, you know. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that here a little bit. But, yeah, you could definitely tell that they kept that style uh, going. And then... I, I think that uh, it was all the better for it, really. I mean, you, I mean, you, 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 you got to have that, you know. That that's how you, uh, that that's the feel of the gameplay, you know. You kind of have to keep it like that. Y you you know? do, and also one challenge that they ran into was that you know a lot of the the sprites in the original game were had uh, you know different proportions. Uh, per, you know, in, in frames because they were all, you know, just drawn that way. And so, like, you know, when, when you're doing, like, the objection and the character's hand is, is noticeably bigger because it's up in your face. So they had to find a way to 
to, to do that with 3D models. And I honestly felt that they did a good job uh, utilizing the angles the way that they did in order to, to, to still achieve that effect. And also breathe new life into some of these animations and, uh, and, and just modernize the experience. Plus, it makes the uh, the actual meltdown animations all the better as well. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, they, they, they we had some pretty epic meltdown animations in uh, in the previous trilogy and in uh, Apollo Justice, but here, in in this game especially, it's like yeah, it's like I I love the how much more expressive it is, and you know. Even whenever they're uh, hit with a uh, contradiction and uh, they're in defeat, you know, it's like those animations uh, kind of have a little more punch, you know. They, they do, they do. Uh, but what what did you think about the opening case of Dual Destinies, Turnabout Countdown? Just a good old-fashioned uh, Mad Bomber scenario, you know? I mean, yeah. so, something that I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't really do all that much in the uh, original trilogy was, was like a, a Mad Bomber scenario. I mean, we had a hostage scenario but with, with uh, Maya and everything, but we didn't have a Mad Bomber scenario. And this was pretty much that trope uh, right to the T, you know, I mean. Like, like we are shown the actual culprit. He is the, uh, the, the, the bomb technician and everything, like in the beginning. Yeah, Ted but to Nate. <laughs> Ted to Nate, yeah. Great, good one right there. But, yeah, just his, uh, man, his overall uh, uh, character, I mean, I, I, he, just, he was just off-putting immediately. I, I was just like, nah, screw this guy. He refuses you know? to talk. He just uses the 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 voice synthesizer. Like, bro. Oh, that's so so fucking cringe, dude. So so pretentious, even. <laughs> I know. He's like, it's faster to just type. Motherfucker, shut up. What, what do you think you are, Stephen Hawking? Like, <laughs> I, I almost uh, I almost uh, think that that one uh, student guy from Apollo Justice, the the second uh, <laughs> one, that dude. Oh my god! I, we didn't I, talk I about the panty snatcher. <laughs> The panty snatcher, that motherfucker. I would expect <laughs> him to fucking try to do some shit like that, you know. Fuck him but and I, I fuck get... and fuck the journalist, Brushel. Fuck that guy. I hate him. I hate him so Brushel. much. I want to punch his stupid fucking face. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't Both hear him bother me that much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a little gross, but I mean. He's a uh, he's a man with a mission. He's a muckraker, you know. I mean, it takes a very specific type of person to do that, and that's just, that's just his thing. And, and 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 I mean, hey, he he actually became friends with uh, with uh, Zach Grammery. So I mean, I, I I guess you know, I guess he wasn't that bad, you know. He, he was actually a close personal friend to him. So I, I I'll, so you know what? I'll, I'll defend uh, Bushell. I'll I'll defend him a little bit. He does get a little bit better once you kind of see the the relationship with with Grammarie, but um, yeah. But back to Ted to Nate, uh, he he's a fun culprit because you know it's like obvious that this guy is the bomber, and and it's also just a cool scenario. Uh, it, it also once again actually does tie into the overall narrative. Turnabout Countdown actually takes place uh, in the middle of the final case of the game, or technically the second to final case, the Cosmic Turnabout, but the the cosmic turnabout and turnabout to for tomorrow are, are are kind of two parts of the same case actually, 
So it, it that so like those three cases are like all pretty much like the same story arc. But yeah, Dual Destinies is completely out of order actually. It starts with Turnabout Countdown and, and then it tells a few flashback cases. So you get a case with Apollo and then you get a case with Athena and then uh, the special case, the special episode Turnabout Reclaimed is actually Phoenix's first case as a lawyer. That takes place during that time frame as well. And then we get to the, the final couple cases of the game. So the whole thing is told out of order. Um, I see. <laughs> by the way, I when see. you when you get to um, when you get through Dual Destinies, I do recommend playing uh, Turnabout Reclaimed, the special case. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that there was a special case for it. Is that that that, that was in the original release, right? Or no, was it, it was something a, that it was, was special a, to this. Uh, not special to this, but it was it was it was DLC. It and Spirit of Justice okay. both have a DLC case, um, which oh, okay. were naturally I included. See. Um, and don't have to do with the overall plot. So this one actually takes place between Turnabout, uh, I, I think between the Monstrous Turnabout and Turnabout Academy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so anyway, I recommend playing it before the final case is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Play it after you finish the Monstrous Turnabout is probably, because that's where it chronologically takes place. And it really just, it, it, it's a special, it's like an extra case. And there are characters involved who have the, the implication. It, you'll just, just yeah, just play it in that order and trust me. Um, but Dual, Dual Destinies is a lot of fun. In my opinion, it might be the weakest out of this bunch just because I felt like it's a little bit dumbed down. Like they made everything almost a little bit too easy until you get to like the, the end. Maybe I could kind of see that, and I think the biggest way, way that I can see that in this game is through the mood matrix. I kind of found that a little less challenging than the uh, the perceive uh, function from Apollo Justice, or, yeah. even, or even the, 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 the Nagatama. You know, it's uh, but even the Magatama and the perceive mechanic get dumbed down in this game, and you don't actually lose health. Really? Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> what the, the fuck? The Mood Matrix does get harder because, and actually, the Mood Matrix is kind of like the new gimmick of this game. So I want to talk about this because this is Athena's ability, right? Um, which yeah. is used during trial sections specifically. And it's actually kind of cool because what it allows you to do is take a testimony and actually look at the witness's uh, emotional response to those situations. And so what you're looking for is an unexpected reaction. So, like, why do you feel happy when you saw this body? That doesn't make any sense, right? But it gets a little bit more complicated than that, and you have to start looking at, like, the difference between um, reactions. So it's like, why did you feel more surprised by seeing the killer holding a banana than than you saw them killing the the, the victim, you know? Or, 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 or in the context of the first case, you know, uh, how... Uh, Juniper, you know, she was both kind of happy and shocked whenever she would all the all the debris was falling, and then you find out why that was. And, right. You know. Yeah. So it it is kind of cool, and then there's even in the in the later cases there's even uh, sections of of that where the uh, emotions are just completely out of control, and so you have to find the root cause of what's causing their emotions to spiral. Uh, and like the perceived mechanic, you generally end up having to back it up with evidence before you wrap up the therapy session. But I, I do yeah. look like yeah. these little uh, therapy sections, and I think that they're the main reason why Athena is actually included in every case in this game. Yeah. 
either as an assistant or as the lead attorney. Yeah, but, I mean, Athena herself is a very interesting uh, character in her own right. I mean, I haven't really gone that far into her. So far, I just know her, and I know, uh, you know, how she uh, fought for Juniper, which, by the way, ju- justice for Juniper. Justice for Juni. It's like she... It's like she, she, she. They, they were trying to do her dirty. Why, why, why? How would they think that nice girl would fucking be a bomber? Would Come you believe fuck me on, if people. I told you that that's not the only time that she's done dirty <laughs> this game? Oh no! Oh, it's not no. even the they're only time she's a defendant. Oh, they're gonna do her dirty again. But hey, at least at least she gets to be reunited with Apollo, right? So you know? or or yeah. So yeah, the, the characters of this game are fun. They continue to be wacky. Um, I did feel like the cases weren't as strong once again as, as like the original trilogy, but I will say that the, the, the last two are actually quite a bit of fun and the DLC case, um, like the last one has kind of space themed, but it also gets into prosecutor Blackwell's backstory. And I fucking love prosecutor Blackwell. He is, he is fantastic. Um, you haven't met him yet, Bo, but you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love him. Prosecutor Blackwell is awesome. So he's actually a, a prisoner. He's a convict of a case from uh, seven years ago, which you are going to unravel in the final case of this game, as tradition dictates. Of course, yeah. You know. But he also serves as a prosecutor, and so he's been brought out to prosecute trials, and he, he acts as the rival prosecutor in this game. And man, he's he's just he's witty, so, and he's so, and he's so sharp. What is, is, is it like is it like some kind of community service thing that he's doing? I mean, it's revealed there's a specific reason why he's being allowed to prosecute, uh, and it ties into the main narrative of this game. Uh, but he. He is all. He's just a really interesting character, and he comes back in Spirit of Justice and actually helps Athena as part of the defense. Nice, hell yeah, yeah. That's cool. Prose- Prosecutor yeah. Blackquill is my homie. I love that dude. He's so cool. Um, he all, he speaks in like an old timey like British dialect, but he's a total weeb, and he makes all these references to uh, to samurai. I think in the Japanese version, he was originally actually he, he's supposed to be a a ronin, but. In the localized version, they just call him a samurai because most people aren't really aware of the difference. Yeah, they they know specifically what a ronin is, you know, to samurai, to the whole samurai culture and everything. So yeah, but that's what he is. He's 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 a ronin, uh, and he also does iaido in the courtroom. <laughs> nice. Hell and yeah. He, and he has a hawk named Taka, which means hawk. <laughs> nice. That that's fucking bad, dude. Hell yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and like uh, you mentioned Athena, she's great. She's a wonderful addition. Another character that gets shafted later on, like Trucy does in these two games. She Damn gets... it! Why do they keep doing that to these awesome female characters that they keep bringing into these games? You know, right? Oh, they they even shafted the phase, man. Uh, up until uh, up until a certain degree, you know. Good good point, man. Yeah, and. Like Athena's great, you know. She's an 18-year-old who studied abroad to get her her uh, law practice to license early, and so she can practice law. And so she's just fresh out, and she's basically the new rookie attorney, you know, like yeah. Apollo and like a Phoenix before. But she's even more naive than them in a lot of ways because of how young she is. Uh, but I love how she constantly speaks with uh, in different languages and make and, and says like phrases in, in various European languages as a reference to the fact that she studied in Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It adds some uh, depth to her a little bit. 
And uh, honestly, I mean, I, I like that she also studies psychology as yes. well. You know, it's like, and that that's kind of what uh, serves as the basis for the Mood Matrix. Her and Black Quill both interesting uh, study psychology and use psychology in the courtroom. Yeah, Simon's whole thing is actually like using psychology against his opponents, and he actually gets like the judge to make the opening statements in court. <laughs> Nice by fucking God with damn. him psych- psychologically. Yeah, he's a, he's a master of of, of psychological manipulation. <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah. Also, Bobby Fulbright, the next himbo detective, the the spiritual successor of Gumshoe. You're gonna love Vol- Fulbright. Oh man, we we get another himbo detective. In justice, we trust. Oh my goodness, that sounds awesome. He's great. So he's obsessed with justice and like everything he does for justice. And so a lot of times he ends up helping the defense because Athena like manipulates him into believing that that's the more just thing to do is to give them all the information that the prosecution has. No, no, I I feel that that's exactly how I would go about it. You know? So yeah, he's just so lovable. Um, and there are some very interesting character developments with him and. Uh, that happened later on in the game that I couldn't possibly spoil. But, God, I love Bobby Fulbright. Nice. <laughs> and they brought back Pearl for the DLC case. Awesome. Pearly. <laughs> and you get A to cross-examine an orca little... in that case. That's awesome. So, so I, I guess Pearly is a little older at this uh, in this episode, probably about uh, Maya's age in the first game by this point. Actually, I think so. I think I think she is 17 in Dual Destinies, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's fucking adorable. Sa- the yeah. same age that Maya was in, in Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, yeah. So, and and the Dual Destiny's main theme is the Dark Age of the Law that it picks up from the end of Apollo Justice. That's briefly mentioned at the end of Apollo Justice. The, the Dark the, Age of the Law. Which started with Wright's disbarment seven years ago and uh, and also Simon Blackwell's case, the prosecutor that was found. So, an an attorney that was found fabricating evidence, allegedly, and a prosecutor who was found guilty of murder, allegedly. Wow. Damn. I would see why that would cast a little bit of a shadow over the judicial system for a little bit. It's like, yeah, that's uh, two pretty serious scandals in a row. Right. And so, yeah, we enter this dark age of the law, and I swear to God, if I hear the term, the ends justify the means, one more fucking time. (laughs) To be fair, they lampshade it. They do the same thing with Turnabout Serenade, which is my justification for that, is they they do lampshade the whole whole showing you the same thing over and over again. But Turnabout Academy has this gimmick where they constantly use the phrase, the end justifies the means. God damn it. It's essentially it's the core of the dark age of the law and this idea of doing whatever it takes to win, including fabricating evidence or bringing false charges. So God damn that 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 sucks. I mean that, that's almost as bad as uh, as like Kurain, you know. It's like geez. Yeah, and 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 it similarly has uh, much higher stakes because the legal ramifications of the final case, of the game. Uh, are basically bringing about the end of the dark age of the law by by solving one of the cases that that can, that that started it essentially. So that's what's at stake here, and it's actually a really f- interesting uh, exploration 
I just, again, uh, the, the things that I dislike about Dual Destinies is that uh, I do feel like it's dumbed down quite a bit. Also, they took away the ability to uh, examine for some reason. Like, you can only examine specifically the crime scene. You'll have, like, one section per case that's the crime scene, and you can actually look around it in, like, 3D and look at it from, like, different angles. But it's the only time that you can examine for some reason. That's weird, huh? Spirit of Justice brought examining back, but for some reason, Dual Destinies took it away. I don't know why. Um and, and it does feel a little bit too easy. And sometimes the 3D models, I feel, are a little bit jank. Spirit of Justice, on the other hand, I feel like really perfected the aesthetic. Absolutely. Yeah, the aesthetic looks a lot better here, you know? And and, and even the anime cutscenes start to look a little better. Yeah. They definitely, like, the models definitely look different in Spirit of Justice. I can tell that they redid them. But I, I do feel like the the way that they used colors and everything just really actually, it gives the game almost its own identity. Uh, and, and a lot of that is also partly due to the fact that half the game takes place in Kurain. Yeah. And another interesting thing is here and there they'll actually throw in some uh, some voice acting. Here and there, yeah. like, like for instance, before the dance of devotion, you know, oh, Rafa holy actually, mother. yes, you, you, you actually hear her prayer before she starts the dance, or so. you'll, you'll hear this one later a dragon never yields. <laughs> nice, fuck yeah, that sounds badass. It is badass, man. And also, uh, uh prosecutor Sudbody, <sighs> people hate this guy, but I kind of like him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I see why people hate him because he's written to be really infuriating, but he has a few voice lines where he actually speaks in Kurainese. Kura oh, and also uh, both uh, have their own like unique like objection type statements. So sometimes instead of objection, Blackwell will go uh, silence, and Prosecutor <laughs> nice. Sadmati will go Satura. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> and he also he'll also start chanting. He'll be like Satura. <laughs> No, that's fucking crazy, dude. Hell and, yeah. And he throws, uh, uh, so like Black Quill does Eido in the courtroom and like slashes his opponents with the blade and also his own witnesses when they don't cooperate. But uh, not dissimilar to fr how Francisca operates in the courtroom. But uh, oh, uh, uh, so, uh -huh. so, so he's extra entertaining then. <laughs> yeah. But Nayuda, prosecutor's body, he throws prayer beads at the defense. <laughs> Oh, no. And restricts Damn them, it. yeah. So he's actually, he is from Kurain. So he's an international prosecutor from Kurain. Uh, but he also deal, He also uh, comes aboard for the, the United States cases. So half the games in this case are in Kurain, including the, the, the tutorial one. And half of them are in the U.S. Um, and for uh, most of the game, Phoenix is in Kurain, and Apollo and Athena are back home. But... Uh, Prosecutor Sadmati, I guess, ha keeps traveling back and forth between the two countries wherever the fuck he's needed. And he yeah. has a very unpleasant opinion of defense attorneys, as you might imagine. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I, I just want to say that I can totally see why uh, Payne uh, fucking uh, defected to Kurain so that he could be in a place where there are no lawyers, <laughs> like, like the absolute coward he is. Oh, yeah, this is uh, Gaspin Payne, the brother of Winston Payne. Gaspin Payne, the brother. Yeah, 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 he came here, he came here just because it was easy. It was, like, it was like 
The Kuranin justice system is practically a sure win for the prosecutor until Phoenix shows up. So, well, and so, that's yeah. a that's a major element of the Kuranin's trials in this game. So, as you've played through in, in the tutorial case, uh, in Kuranin there is the Defense Culpability Act, which states that uh, defense attorneys or anybody actually who would defend uh, somebody that's found guilty will receive the same punishment as them. Usually death uh, seems to be the implication. And so there are actually no practicing defense attorneys in Kurain until Phoenix shows up and starts stirring the pot. <laughs> I, and I love, the, I love him for that, you know? I mean, he, and he's not wrong to do that, you know? I mean, hell, they were, about to throw, they were about to throw the book at a little kid. You know, it's like, come on now. To be fair, Wright jumped in before he knew what was going on. But even when he was giving a chance to step down after he had already um, been told of, of the ramifications, you know, he still stands by. And he's basically forced into that position yet again when Maya becomes the defendant once again. <laughs> oh, come on. Damn it, Maya. They brought Maya back in this game. So she's, uh, she's training in uh, Kurain because... She is actually about to complete her training to be the uh, the master of the Fae Clan. Nice. So so she's she's much older, a little wiser, but not really that much different, right? No, she's basically exactly the same. But that's what Phoenix says. But you oh know, I, I can see a little bit of maturity, and I can say the same thing about Wright. Um, one one thing about Phoenix in Dual Destinies is that he has an air of maturity around him, and and Spirit of Justice as well, but. That also gets kind of flipped on its head, I'll explain. But um, a lot of people feel that Phoenix just immediately reverted to his personality from the first three games, but he doesn't. If you'll notice in uh, Dual Destinies, the way that Phoenix builds his arguments as opposed to Apollo and Athena, um, he doesn't, he's not nearly off, you know, as much in the situation where he ends up having to overturn his original argument and just completely flip everything you know, and, and overturn actual conclusions that he's made. And he's also far less often cornered and has absolutely nothing to say. You can actually yeah. see his competence. Of course, once he gets to Kurain, that's kind of flipped on its head because he's in a completely different country with another legal system and he's yeah. a fish out of water. And so he's back to... <laughs> yeah, but but even so, he still goes right up to that uh, defense uh, to the uh, defense box, and he uh, he just takes command. You know, he he's he's he has a more commanding presence in these games overall. You know, he, he like does, he... and that comes into full force in the final case of this game, where uh, Apollo and uh, Phoenix actually have to fight each other on opposite ends of a civil case. Whoa, interesting. Yeah, you huh. play as Apollo, and you actually have to take on the turnabout terror himself. Damn, nice. That's awesome. I can't wait to play that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But Wright finds himself in Kurain, where not only is the defense um, putting their own life on the line as they're defending their their uh, defendants, but there hasn't been a single not guilty verdict in 23 years due to the fact that they use the divination seance, which, like spirit channeling, is a real thing. Um, but the what it allows uh Rafa, who's one of my favorite characters in the franchise actually uh who's the the royal priestess view the memories of the deceased their final moments from their perspective and see the sensations that they were feeling um 
and, and, and the rest of the court gets to see. And uh, what did you think about the divination seance segments? I think that within the context of each case, uh, I think that it's a very interesting mechanic. I mean, and and it kind of also fits into the overall theme of, uh, you know, shaking things up in Kurain is that you actually kind of uh, use that in tandem with uh, cross-examining, you know, which you would think that they would have uh, allowed anyways, you know, because, I mean, there, there's no way that any, I mean, even the... Uh, even the memories of the dead can't be infallible, you know. I mean, in the end, there's they were they were still people at one point, so well, you kind of have to kind of break break through that a little bit, and uh, and and honestly, uh, by cross examining, using it as a tool to cross examine, it's like I mean, you're able to kind of get into the actual truth of what what really happened, you know. Like 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 when when I watched the whole thing with uh, Al with uh, Alby. I mean, I was just like, well, hold on a second. It's like, for one, do we see a murder weapon in his hands? It's like, do we see, it's like, is he even in the treasure chamber, you know? It's like, I mean, it it, it was very illuminating, and it really kind of lent itself well to the, uh, to the typical cross-examining mechanic. So, I mean, I, I, I liked it. It was interesting. Yeah. It's... Uh, and it's not nearly as easy as like the mood matrix to get down, you know. It, 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 there's still a little bit of a learning curve to it. There is. I, I do feel like it's a little bit more difficult, actually. Even even early on, I found myself stumped. It's cool because like the way it works is that you know we're seeing the memories of the dead, sure, but it's the interpretation of those. What's really going on, and what assumptions are you making? And is, is the royal priestess Rafa making? Um, apparently in the last 23 years, every divination seance interpretation has just been taken as is. So, you know, she's actually, she, and she's only 14, um, but she's actually completely dumbfounded by the idea that her interpretation could be wrong and that she could have sent people to their deaths. And that, that's a major part of her character arc in this game and her relationship with Phoenix, which I honestly adore. Yeah, I can see how that Bar would get kind of deep. I, yeah, I, I, I can see how that would get a little deep for her. That, that, that would be pretty heavy. It's like, I mean, if, like, like if, I, I would just be like, I mean, if this thing that I've been doing can be like, it can if you can like make cracks in that, you know, the way that Phoenix Wright did, it's like, then what the fuck have you been doing the last several years of your life, you know? Like, what have you been doing to these people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the ramifications are pretty pretty laid bare right there, you know? Yeah, and, and you wonder why there's a revolution going on in this country. Exactly, man. It's like, I mean, dude, it, it's practically almost like uh, Iran, practically, you know? It's, it's like, I mean, it, it shows the dangers of a theocratic uh, judicial system or, or system of governance. One that you will actually be dismantling by the final case of this game, and God, it's so hey, good. I, I, that 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 brings out the anarchist in me. I'm like, hell yeah, dismantle all the hierarchies. Fuck it, I, I'm I'm down for Overturned that. Overturn this fucking legal system, um, and yeah, it, it Phoenix just coming up. Phoenix and Apollo coming to Kurain and just shaking the shit. It's one of the central themes of this game, and uh, honestly, it, it's really satisfying. But you know, it's kind of interesting seeing, you know, Phoenix, this master attorney, this ace attorney, just out completely out of his element. 
so to speak, in, in this country where, you know, the legal system is handled completely differently, where people hate, like, people commonly hate defense attorneys and see them as unscrupulous people that will fabricate evidence and, and are horrible and awful, you know, even teaching their kids this, young people like Albi and, like, Rafa, who were just brought up this way and don't know different. Yeah, it's it's real indoctrination, you know? I mean, and it's uh, it really shows the uh, negative effects of that and, and why that shouldn't be applied into a judicial system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spirit of Justice is my favorite out of this bunch. Out of these three games, Spirit of Justice is my favorite because it does a lot of yeah. new interesting things um, and, and puts the characters in interesting places. Not only Phoenix, but Apollo as well. Um, the stakes yeah. just feel so much higher in every case. I mean, the Kurainis trials, obviously, we know why the stakes are higher. Phoenix's life is literally on the line. But hell, in the second case in this game, uh, uh, Apollo's case, uh, the magical turnabout, uh, the future of right anything agency is put at stake. Because I, I, I felt like they kind of needed to, to really just take the stakes up in that case, you know, just because of what they do with all the other ones. Yeah, I, I kind of like that it seems like a more political game, in a sense, than, I'm, than we're used to. I mean, especially with, with the Kurain cases, you know, because, I mean, you're, you're pretty much getting involved in the politics of a, of a foreign country there, you know, when yeah. you're shaking that, those politics up, you know. No, it really is a very political game. Uh and, and I mean that you can even see that in, in in the first case, and like if you can imagine, if there's this cultural understanding of how the divination seance works and how it's used in trials, don't you think that somebody could manipulate that and use that to their advantage? Absolutely, you know. And, and I mean, well, I mean, for one, <laughs> the prosecution have been doing that the whole time, you know. I mean, without, yeah. without any defense attorneys, you know, it's like the prosecution has just been pretty much, you know, taking them at face value, like, pretty much for, like, 20-something years, you know? Yeah. And, and they managed to, to make the stakes similarly high in the second case, Apollo's case, the magical turnabout, which where it's the one where Trucy is the defendant, and uh, you're basically trying to prove that her, you know, magical magic trick... Uh, that turned into an accident where, but then the prosecution thinks that she actually intended to murder the victim. And then you have to prove that somebody else set her up. And anyway, that case actually has one of my favorite culprits in, in the series. He or she is such a good character. Like just, just fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So far in this particular game, my favorite is, uh, Peace lobbing un understanding. It's like that he's my people, man. He he turned out to be a straight metalhead. I'm just like, dude, my Peace man. Peace lobbing understanding. I love it. the names of this he, game are just, so st they're so stupid, goes man. Full full electric. I love, but I get that, dude. That's total metal right there, dude. That, oh that's yeah, that's just how metalheads can be, you know. But. Uh, yeah, but the, the the puns. Okay, so Ace Attorney was already pretty bad with some of the puns. Uh, I'm looking at you, Deed Man, in Ace Attorney Investigations. <laughs> Fuck you yeah. for existing. But the the Kurianese names are just so much 
more fun because they're taking like obvious English puns and just making them into like foreign sounding names. And it's just, yeah, it's they are. so, I'll it's be so like groan inducing. Yeah, also, it is a little some bit weird. There's some, there's some weird implications because apparently the people in Kurain also speak English. Hmm. Weird. So yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what's up with that? Yeah, that is a little weird, right? And then apparently there's some Japanese like works there works its way into there somehow. I don't know. Faye isn't even a Japanese name, so explain that one. Yeah, that's that's weird. <laughs> God, yeah, Spirit of Justice I think wins for me for just trying some new things. Like I said, the stakes are so high in almost every case. I mean, whether that's because you're in fucking Kurain or in the magical turnabout where the future of the the agency is put into question because of some shaky contract shit. Uh, or even in, in uh, the beginning of the final case where it's, you know, the relationship of Apollo and Phoenix at stake. Yeah. Which uh, the only case in this in this game that doesn't have high stakes turnabout storyteller, and that's Athena's case. And that one's a Rakugo case. Interesting. Hell yeah. That actually deals with Rakugo and it's lighthearted. And that's the one where Simon uh, Black Quill comes back. And that's actually kind of a fun change of pace. It's a little refreshing to go from, oh my God, we're going to die to just, you know, just a, a classic, you know, Ace Attorney case. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah, dude. That, that sounds awesome. And then, of course, the return of Maya. She is yeah, literally one dude. of my favorite characters. I love her so much. She is the best. She she even has the best uh, theme song ever, dude. That that's that's classic to me, man. Yeah, and Edgeworth takes a role. He actually acts as the prosecutor uh, in the final case of Dual Destinies uh, and in the DLC case of Spirit of Justice. Nice, hell yeah, dude. Gotta have Edgeworth in here, man. I mean, come on now. Much o- o- older daddy uh, Edgeworth, right? Older daddy the, Edgeworth. O- older, older, older daddy Edgeworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the special cases of Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice, I wouldn't sleep on. Turnabout Reclaimed is actually fantastic. I mean, you also get to cross-examine an orca. So. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, a fucking orca. I mean, why not? I mean, we already did a parrot. You know. So I mean, yeah, we got it. We it's just the natural progression. What I love is that like. It's like at one point the judge brings it up and he's like, and he actually gets visibly disappointed because Phoenix decides not to cross-examine the orca. But then he later does cross-examine the orca. <laughs> After all. And then in uh, Turnabout Time Traveler, which is the special episode of Spirit of Justice, uh, we actually deal with an apparent time travel plot, which obviously gets explained uh, in a much more reasonable way. But that's a fun case just because of that. And also the fact that it the the murder took place during a wedding, a steampunk wedding on an airship, and that the, the defendant is is the bride. What the fuck? And they're all steampunk. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a lot of fun, what? and it has it's the first time since Turnabout Samurai that we've had the classical arrangement of Phoenix and Maya on the defense and Edgeworth on the prosecution. Oh hell yeah, dude! That's what I'm talking about. Hell and yeah. the return of Larry Butts. Oh no, Larry! <laughs> Hell yeah! If something smells, it's always the butts. It's always right? the butts. <laughs> always yeah. the butts. So, what do you think he's like uh, nine years later? Still as emotional as ever. Just you know, outburst <laughs> after outburst after outburst. Having yeah, learned nothing at all. 
he's literally exactly the same. So Phoenix and Maya, in my opinion, are a little bit more mature, and you could tell. But Larry is 100% the same, and I hope Gumshoe is. God damn it, Ace Attorney 7 better bring back Gumshoe. It better bring back Franziska. And you know what? Just bring back Old Bag. Bring back Old Bag. Bring back Bring back Maggie Bird. Bring, bring them all back. Fuck yeah. L- lot of heart. <laughs> oh, of course. Dude, we got to have a lot of. Come on now. We gotta have a lot in there. No, but at the very least, I would I would love to see Gumshoe and Francisca come back. It's like it's like the only thing that I want. Dude, an older, more mature Francesca? Yeah, why not? Hell yeah, an older, more mature Francisca. Also Maya, because like Maya went from just, you know, that kind of like cute younger girl to like, you know, she, I think she's kind of a babe in spirit of justice. She's twenty eight. Well, I mean, she my, is she my is, uh, she is Mia's age. sister, you know, she is a fae. Oh, Mia. Oh, Mia is quite possibly the most attractive character in the series. You think so? I think so. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Desiree. Oh, fuck yeah, Desiree. What are you talking about? Old Bag. (laughs) Old Bag? Yeah, no. Old Bag is is the Dommy Mommy, I guess, right? (laughs) Actually, Adrian Andrews is really fine. And Adrian Andrews is cool, but she looks like Reza Hawkeye, though. She does look like Reza Hawkeye. <laughs> she does. She looks like absolutely like Hawkeye. Go ahead and bring her back at Ace of 37, too. Thank you. I don't know. Um, Spirit of Justice kind of does lean into the nostalgia a little bit, which was nice because after two games of trying to do something completely different, um, it, it was actually really nice to uh, to have a lot more familiar faces besides Phoenix and Edgeworth. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, um, these three games, I think, are... Uh, a lot of fun continue the tradition of great ace attorney storytelling um bo what are your final thoughts on the apollo justice ace attorney trilogy or at least of what you've played well i mean i played all of uh apollo justice and that game was so many so many different things to me you know like i said it's very relatable like i mean i kind of approached it in a different way you know being that how the characters were and, uh, you know, I, I also liked all the mechanics, you know, the perceived mechanic and whatnot. Uh, and also, you know, of course, you know, Phoenix and Trucy are the best, you know. And, and, and honestly, I, I like the whole thing with the grammaries. It's like that, that was an interesting uh, overarching story behind everything. So, but I mean, and uh, the uh, two tutorial cases I did for uh, Spirit of Justice and Dual Destinies, it's like, yeah, they, they were a lot of fun. And I like the... Uh, I like uh, the uh, change to the uh, 3D graphics. I really like the uh, the more mature uh, version of the characters that we get, and uh, I, I, I also like the more political dynamics of, especially of uh, Spirit of Justice. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that these are definitely. Uh, I'm I'm gonna play through more of the other two games, but from what I played, it's uh, definitely everything I would ask for from a uh, Ace Attorney trilogy. It's everything that I would ask from it. So I, I, I would say definitely give this a play. It's not too expensive to pick up. I mean, it's, it's, it's good stuff. I would say if you if you're, haven't played Ace Attorney ever, don't start with this trilogy. I would recommend starting with the original trilogy. I, oh, that is, just, to me, the, the hands down, the best starting point is the very first Phoenix Wright game, followed by 
uh, Justice for All and Trials and Tribulations. And you can buy that trilogy. But uh, if you play through those, this is the next, actually the, the best logical place to go afterwards. And then save Great Ace Attorney for last because it's a fucking gem. Um, but yeah, it's a natural conclusion of the first three mainline games. Uh, approaching this trilogy, it was really interesting to me because, you know, these are kind of seen as uh, the weaker Ace Attorney games. So I really was interested in seeing my perspective on replay. And thankfully, I, I did manage to get through every case in the time it's taken us to record this. So I can say that I was able to look at it more objectively. And I think my opinions on the games are more or less the same. But uh, what I appreciated about them, I appreciate even more. Uh, where I feel that they're weak, I obviously, I, I noticed even even more this time. Um, Spirit of Justice, I think, is a fucking banger. Uh, for me, I mean, it's right after the original trilogy and then the Great Ace Attorney games. Like, uh, outside of those five, I think Spirit of Justice is the one that comes after. Um, uh, unless you count uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, I also really enjoyed that one. That one's a hell of a good time. I'm, I'm interested in checking that particular game series out. That would be interesting. I haven't even really played the Professor Layton games very much, but the Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright crossover game is actually a lot of fun. It, it's really, really good. The story was phenomenal, um, and it, it feels like it's really going off the rails, but it's all explained, and it, and it was it just the, the storytelling is just top tier. So I don't know. It, it's kind of between that one and Spirit of Justice. Um, if we're going after, you know the original games and the great ace attorney games. And then I would say Apollo justice and dual destinies. I got you right on. And ace attorney investigations. One is currently last for me because it's the only one that I haven't actually finished. So there must be a reason for that. I've yeah, heard a lot of I, good I, things about investigations too, though. Yeah. Yeah. But no ace attorney game is a bad game. And this trilogy is no exception. And honestly, as a port, uh, this is definitely the definitive way to view these games. Uh, they retroactively added a log to Apollo Justice, uh, which Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice originally had, but the, uh, the re-release of the Phoenix Wright trilogy didn't include that. Uh, the log feature, the ability to go back and actually see lines of dialogue that you might have missed. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that was actually very helpful, to, to tell the truth. Yeah, that, and also uh, they, you know, uh, added a little bit more consistency between the UI of the games. Um, there's a whole animation studio. There's an orchestra hall. There's art. Uh, you can individually change the background and theme song uh, of each menu for each individual game. Uh, they added a, a lot. They went balls to the wall with this board, and I'm honestly here for it. Yeah, especially like the uh, museum part and everything. Like, like I, I really like the whole. Uh, I, I, I like that uh, orchestra section that they have, where you can pretty much listen to the entire. Uh, you can listen to the entire uh, soundtrack uh, orchestra style. You know, it's actually a lot of fun, and all, all the, a lot of the character models are really interesting. Like, I mean, it, it really goes in depth. Like. If you want to get into like the uh, nitty gritty of this uh, series, is like this is the way to, to to do it, you know? Yeah, 
And yeah, no, no, it really is. This is definitely made for the fans. Again, the music in this series is just sublime. Uh, Spirit of Justice has a lot of bangers on its on its track list, actually. Uh, that might be my favorite in terms of music as well. So being able to listen to all those tracks, even new orchestrated tracks that they added, um, and, and the whole animation studio where you could actually uh, play every animation of every sprite or model between the three games. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was really interesting. Definitely. Also, in, interestingly enough, uh, they changed uh, the voice actors to fit the ones in... Uh, the 3DS games. So, Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice actually uses all new voice cast. I don't know if you noticed. Um, Apollo Justice originally hmm, used Phoenix's original voice voice actor, but they, uh, I guess, for consistency between the three games, they uh, they used the new guy. But I mean, in that game, it's literally just the objection and hold it lines, you know. So I would take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not not anything that complex. So. Yeah, but some people were disappointed because, I mean, I, I do think that the original objection is actually better. Like, Phoenix's original English voice line, like, I don't know, there's just, like, uh, there's there, there, there's a feel to it that's just different. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, yeah. It's it's kind of a little, uh, a little more high-pitched, right? Like yeah, kinda, and that was objection. back then when they were just using yeah. the crew, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Overall, yeah, this trilogy is great. Um, it was really fun to be able to play through these three games again. Um, I'd only played through them once before, so uh, I, I enjoyed the opportunity to to play through Apollo Justice, uh, Dual Destinies, and Spirit of Justice. Uh, and if you want to hear more Ace Attorney content from us later this season, we're actually going to be covering the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and I'm so excited about that. I'm looking forward to that as well. You know, I I really love the soundtrack to that as well. Just that pure orchestrated, uh, pure orchestral music and everything. It's it's awesome. Oh uh, yeah, the whole like Victorian like, it, aesthetic it, it's and really everything. Cool. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, we'll be releasing that soon. Uh, before that, uh, we will be releasing our two-part uh, anniversary special. So I think the very next thing we should have out is part one. Uh, which is going to be Fable 1, and then we'll be also talking about Fable 2 and Part 2, uh, and also Part 2 of The Witcher 3. Uh, plan to have those out as soon as possible. Uh, and also, uh, my buddy Sam is going to be on uh, our game launch review of Persona 3 Reload, which I've also been playing the hell out of. Um, <laughs> but between the Apollo Justice trilogy, The Witcher 3, Fable 1, Fable 2, and Persona 3 Reload, I have been swamped <laughs> with games. Wow. Yeah. Wow, no kidding. Damn. But yeah, and Bo, what's going on with uh, Collateral Cinema? Uh, our latest episode is our 2023 year in review. You can check that out on Good Pods and wherever else you get your podcasts. And coming up very soon... Uh, we should have our episode on the Wraith out very, uh, very shortly. I like not too, uh, not too long, hopefully. And uh, also, uh, we will be talking about uh, Happiness of the Kalikuris as our uh, Mikaversary episode. And then we will be talking about Lost Highway with uh, Vern from Cinema Recalls. So uh, look for those episodes, and also. Uh, Look on YouTube, look for the latest Collateral Let's Play uh, on, uh, 
on our YouTube. Uh, our most recent episode was uh, Battletoads, and uh, I will be uh, recording The Punisher here very soon. So uh, check that out. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, yeah, find us on all the, uh, the podcatcher apps. But especially good pods, where you can uh, you can uh, follow us there. You can like us and and uh, rate our episodes so that we can uh, stay on the uh, on the TV film uh, podcast charts. So uh, yeah, check us out there and uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on YouTube, uh, and also on YouTube, uh, like and subscribe and uh, hit that bell so that you can get a notification whenever we drop a podcast episode or a let's play. And also check out our 2023 year in review episode as well on Collateral Gaming and uh, most of everything else that Bo said. Jesus Christ, Bo, you went on longer than I'm going to go on about Collateral Gaming plugs. (laughs) 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 But yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'll have all of the links in the show notes. Uh, And also check out our Patreon where uh, we have exclusive Let's Play video game commentaries um, uh, very soon here, I'll be uploading the Collateral Let's Plays that Bo has released on uh, the Collateral Cinema YouTube channel on the Collateral Gaming YouTube channel as well. So you'll have multiple places to look there um, and probably start contributing uh, Collateral Let's Plays of my own because uh, I think just using the built-in uh, PS5 share feature, I might be able to to put something together even if I don't have a capture card. So. That that's awesome. Yeah, de- definitely. We should we should definitely do that. Hell yeah. But yeah, stick around for that and more. Uh and I guess uh as the season winds down, we should be start, you know, to planning our uh our next seasons. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, same here. The Collateral Cinema season 8 will be quite interesting. And we should be hitting our 100th episode then. So Hell yeah, bro. I'm excited. Yeah. We're going to do a Redux on the room, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah, I think for our 100th episode of Collateral Gaming, the plan is to do, uh, I wanted to do a a two-part Redux on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. No, you should just do Hong Kong 97. (laughs) But, well, with that being said, uh, the, the... the prosecution has made its case. <laughs> ah. Objection. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes the, the the trial of Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy. Uh, for the crime of being a bad game, we find it not guilty. <laughs> not guilty. <laughs> exactly. Confetti everywhere. So I, I think that there's really only one more thing left to say, though. Oh, yes. That's right. Objection!
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.